Welcome to Ormwood Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and to our podcast where we share our Sunday sermons for those in Ormwood Park, Atlanta, and beyond. Our mission is to welcome everyone to explore the living God in all of our neighborhoods, and we value welcoming others, opening our minds, being of service, and participating in whatever ways God calls us. We hope you learn, grow, and find a place to belong with us. This is our last Sunday talking about imagination and spirituality. And for some of us, perhaps most of us, this exploration of our imaginations and spirituality this summer has been an exploration of other people's creativity, or at least that's where we've kept ourselves. Scripture writers, storytellers, sculpture artists, filmmakers, we've ventured through their territory, right? We have been spoiled, as all humans are, with the creativity and inspiration of our fellow humans. I mean, I love Andy Goldsworthy with all his quirkiness, and I found inspiration from the film we watched, Babette's Feast, and I have a new understanding of God from the color purple, and I loved the patient love of the world that we saw in Gilead, not to mention all the sermons about all the different scripture that we've explored this summer. I mean, people do great imaginative things. But what I really want for you all to say before we leave this summer series behind is, I do great things. Not I as in me, Janelle, but I as in you. So often being an artist or being a creative type is relegated to a select few who perhaps dress flamboyantly or have a disorganized dresser drawers or messy cars and dedicate their lives to a form of art and therefore live in poverty. I joke, about some of that, but I certainly don't joke about how ready many of you are to tell me that you are not creative or you are not an artist. But the thing is, that can't possibly be true. For one thing, we've talked about this in this series, we are made in the image of God. We've talked about it this summer, how creative God is, and I usually bless you at the end of every service, starting with the God who created you in his image. So if God is creative, no matter what your parents said, or your critical teachers said, or your inner critic said, you are a creative type because you are a God type. It's there. But the second thing that convinces me otherwise, um, that makes me feel this deep conviction that all of us have an artist inside of us, is that we actually need artists. God needs creatives. To speak explicitly, God needs us to be creative. Our passage for today is reminiscent of our earlier exploration in June of the creation and importance of sacred space. Remember, I preached a whole sermon on the measurements, materials, and meaning of a table. Similar passage, similar directive from God, Today, Exodus 35.10 is part of the story where Moses is crowdsourcing how the people of Israel are going to survive in the desert, not just as people, but as spiritual people, right? Before this exact verse we read today, Moses spends time in the text calling on people who create and shape great materials like gold and silver Bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, tan ram skins, dolphin skins, that one's a little creepy, acacia wood, lamp oil, spices for anointing oils and for fragrant incense, 
unkstones. Then, after that verse that we read, Moses starts looking for folks who can weave those materials, spin, carve, embroider, and design. He needs folks who can create tents, covers, hooks, frames, crossbars, posts, curtains, poles, bread, screens, tapestry, and vestments. And our passage for today is right in the middle of this. And our passage, listen now for a word from God, is the short little Exodus 35.10. All who are skillful among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. In the middle of the wilderness, God's people were commanded to create. It was not just a priority, it was the priority for Moses. Chapter upon chapter upon chapter of instructions and commands and joy at creating the spaces these people were to dwell and worship and exist as people of God for 40 years in the desert. To be a people of God, they needed to be their creative selves. So 30 years ago, the first edition of a now somewhat famous book appeared on bookshelves across the United States. And some of you have done this book. And I say done this book instead of read this book. And you'll know why. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. She is a filmmaker and playwright herself. Julia Cameron also had a way with helping people be their creative selves. So she started writing this book, The Artist's Way, because a friend of hers said she needed to replicate this wisdom and these practices and put it in the hands of as many people as possible. The more creatives out there, the better. Up until that time, she had simply been offering one-on-one coaching, the occasional retreat or speaking session. So she did. She sat down to write a book on how to get unstuck creatively. Not become creative, but to get unstuck at thinking you're not. Whether you wrote, drew, designed, problem solved, parented, or painted. And the most interesting thing about this book to me, and probably one of the harder things to wrap your mind around should you not be of a spiritual inclination, is how much Julia Cameron links creativity to our spirituality, to God, our creator, to our design as human creatives. Early on, when she was doing this work, a participant asked her, how can you teach creativity? And she told them flat out, I can't. I teach people to let themselves be creative. There's hope, there's disbelief as she said this. She saw it battle out on the person's face and they said, oh, you mean we're all creative? Julia Cameron explained that yes, we are because that's exactly how God made us. So from the very first page of her book, she shows all her cards to her devotees and her skeptics alike that we're all creative, all of us, because we are made by a creative God. She does allow that space, just like AA does, for people to imagine God as best suits their experience. But the first page and the bedrock of the book is the same. Julia Cameron has seen blocks dissolved, this is a quotation, blocks dissolved and lives transformed by the single process of engaging the great creator in discovering and recovering our creative powers. You see, creativity is not a distraction from God. Art is not a sideways path to God, just like William Blake and Samuel Taylor Coleridge and countless other artists knew to be true. Creativity is actually an essential path to and from God. 
The power of creativity is on occasion God itself working. But Cameron admits that, quote, for most of us, the idea that the creator encourages creativity is a radical thought, end quote. Indeed, much of the book is unpacking those inner and outer critics who've been belittled or minimized or deprioritized, those of us who've done that to our creative thinking and expression. Maybe it's parents or teachers, school friends, pastors, ourselves. She continues, we tend to think or at least fear that creative dreams are egotistical, something that God wouldn't approve for us, when in fact, they are often the exact places of generativity and inspiration that we need, that God needs, that the world needs. That's why it feels so fraught. She echoes Joseph Chilton Pierce's sentiments that we must accept that this creative pulse within us is God's creative pulse itself. Or like Mary Daly, we have to practice saying it is the creative potential itself in human beings that is the image of God. And throughout the artist's way, she makes you say things like this. She makes you write sentences like this. All throughout the book, there's practices until the least part of your heart, at least part of your heart, believes it. Until you hear and believe that God is the type of God who would say, like in Exodus 35, come on, bring your skills, bring your imagination and your creativity and make something of this life we share together. At the beginning of the book, Cameron asks that you recite and work on believing the basic principles of reconnecting with your creativity. And for Hurley, number 10, so I do want to share these with you. They're not scripture, but I, you know, I don't think they disagree with scripture. Might add them to mine. So first one, creativity is the natural order of life. Life is energy, pure creative energy. Two, there is an underlying indwelling creative force infusing all of life, including ourselves. Three, when we open ourselves to our creativity, we open ourselves to the creator's creativity within us and our lives. Four, we are ourselves creations, and we in turn are made to continue creativity by being creative ourselves. Five, creativity is God's gift to us. Using our creativity is our gift back to God. Six, the refusal to be creative is self-will and is counter to our true nature. Seven, when we open ourselves to exploring our creativity, we open ourselves to God, good orderly direction. Eight, as we open our creative channel to the creator, many gentle though powerful changes are to be expected. Nine, it is safe to open ourselves up to greater and greater creativity. 10, our creative dreams and yearnings come from a divine source. As we move towards our dreams, we move toward the divine. So what if in that third grade art class, your teacher taught you these basic principles instead of draw inside the lines? Or what if your boss leaned in with your out-of-the-box ideas instead of held close to the way things have always been? What if you trusted yourself and the creativity of God running through you instead of shrunk and minimized your passion. What if, friends, you heeded the call of Exodus 35 to come, to bring what God gave you, 
and create. Amen.